Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 8. I want to read this passage of scripture speaking about Abraham as he's entering into Canaan. He's receiving the promise of the inheritance. God is speaking to him about what he's going to do with Abraham's life. And in verse number 8 of Genesis chapter number 12, And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. I want to speak for a few moments tonight on invoking the name invoking the name. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We worship you and we thank you for your word and we ask that you would direct us tonight. We give to you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. This is not the first time that this phrase is mentioned in the scripture. As a matter of fact, it begins very, very early in history. If you look at the beginning of the scripture and the narrative starts to unfold in the book of Genesis In Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 25, Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and his name was Enos. And then this phrase is interjected in Genesis chapter 4. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. This is the first occurrence of a very well-known clause. Men and women, this is speaking about humanity in general, began to call on the name of the Lord. I came tonight to call on the name of the Lord. I came tonight to invoke the name of the Lord in this place and in this house. As we've gathered together for worship, we have invoked the name, and invoking the name means we want the presence of God here in this place. For without his presence, this service would not be meaningful. But with his presence, all things are possible. And so this is the first occurrence of a well-known phrase that runs throughout the scripture. And this phrase stands against another speaking and saying. For in Genesis chapter 4, this is right before this phrase occurs in which men begin to call on the name of the Lord. Right before that, there is one man by the name of Lamech that says to his wives, there is a progression from the beginning, God's creation. There's a failure on the part of humanity. And then there is Cain and Abel that occurs, the dysfunction that takes place because of the fall. Jealousy enters into the mix, and Cain and Abel becomes a tragedy. And in this passage of scripture, there's a continuation of that when Lamech says one day to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. If someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, he obviously knows that God has pronounced judgment on Cain and that people cannot avenge him. Cain says, my sin is too great, and the burden that you placed upon me is too great. And and God responds to him and reveals to him that he's going to be fine, that the hand of God and the protection of God is going to be upon him. Lamech knows this, and he says, if someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished 77 times. And so Lamech's 
response stands in juxtaposition of people calling on the name of the Lord. Lamech's way is I'm going to handle it myself and everyone around me had better watch out. And so there, there's two different phraseologies that are here. One is the world's way and one is God's way. The world's way is Lamech's way. I'll avenge myself. I'll do things my own way. The other way is to invoke the name of the Lord in the midst of your world and say, God's presence is greater than any worldly environment and spirit. He's greater. He's greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There is a juxtaposition between what God wants and what the world wants. Praise God. I want you to know in the house of God tonight, I want what God wants. I'm not so interested in what the world wants. God wants my soul to be saved. The world wants there to be a destruction of my soul. But thank God in the house of God tonight, I can stand with both feet on the floor and say, God has saved me, sanctified me, justified me, redeemed me, has given me a hope that maketh not a shame, and I'm going to invoke the name. Praise God. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so the expression becomes a verbal expression with connection to an altar. Abraham said, I'm going to build an altar and I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. It's connected to worship. When you invoke the name, you are invoking the presence of God. That is what worship is. We didn't come in here tonight just so that a worship leader can encourage us to worship. We came tonight with the foregone conclusion already in our mind that no matter what anybody says, I'm here tonight to worship God. I'm going to invoke the name. And so invoking the name was connected to worship. And what we see here is the dysfunction of Cain and Abel, the tragedy of the fall. And then Lamech's response to everything, it becomes a rebellion against God. But in this passage that we read at the very beginning, this calling on the Lord becomes common. In those days, humanity started calling on the name of the Lord. I wonder what it's going to take for humanity to start calling on the name of the Lord. They're calling on a lot of different things. And those things are not going to keep you and sustain you. They're calling on financial means and markets. They're calling on political power and economic prosperity. They're calling on idolatry and worship and entertainment. They're calling on a lot of things. Hallelujah. But I'm thankful that in the house of God, there is a church of people that are not looking to those things, but they're calling on the name of the Lord. And in calling on the name of the Lord, they're saying there's something that is better than this world. There is something that is greater than what is in this world. Praise God. There is an alternative. There's an alternative. You don't have to go that direction, but you can call on the name of the Lord. I'm not waiting for tragedy to call on the name of the Lord. I'm not waiting on travesty to call on the name of the Lord. I'm not waiting on failure to call on the name of the Lord. I'm here tonight. I'm in my right mind. And I am calling and invoking the name that is above every name. Why would I do that? Because I know his presence. Is connected to his name. Men begin to call on the name of the Lord. It becomes common. 
Abraham builds an altar. He calls on the name of the Lord. He invokes the name of the Lord. He was invoking the presence of God and invoking the presence of the Lord. In Genesis chapter 26 and verse 25, we see a generational thing that takes place. When Abraham dies, and sometimes I wish those doors would not open because I don't want to see the lobby. When Abraham dies, the Philistines bury the wells. Isaac, his son, has to redig the wells again. And the scripture said in verse 25 of chapter 26, he builded an altar there. And what did he do? He, he, he called on the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. This was not just... This was not just calling out a name. This was proclaiming the character of God as a way of drawing attention to worship. God had promised Abraham some things. Adversity had come. And so I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. Isaac recognized my father had something in his faith about invoking the name of the Lord that I'm going to carry on generationally. When you come to the house of God and you invoke the name of the Lord in your praise and in your worship, it is not in vain. You are setting an example to another generation to understand we didn't get here without calling on the name of the Lord we got here by calling on the name of the Lord and another generation rises up to say we're going to do the same thing when adversity comes we may have to redig some wells but we're not going to let the Philistines take what God has given to Abraham and Isaac understands this speaks and invokes the name of the Lord just like his father did. Praise God. You want a generation to worship God, then your generation better worship God. Hey, 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 don't start complaining about what other people are doing or not doing if you're not doing it. If you want people to worship, you got to worship. If you want there to be a generational thing, you got to open your mouth and praise God. You got to clap your hand. You got to worship God. You got to press your way in. Isaac said, I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. He wasn't just calling out a name, but he, under, he understood that that name was connected to the nature of God. Did you know that even God himself proclaimed his name? I mean, that's pretty interesting. God himself, the God of the universe, proclaims his name. How does he do that and where does that happen? It happens in Exodus chapter 34. It, Moses has been frustrated. He comes down from the mountain and he hears all this noise, and there's this big celebration at a party around the golden calf. And the people have, have looked in other ways and turned to other things. And so he, he throws down the tablets that God has given him. And God calls Moses up into the mountain again. And God declares his own qualities before Moses. Watch this. In Exodus chapter 34 and verse number 5, the Lord descended in a cloud. 
and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed. This is what the Lord proclaimed. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. This is God saying, I'm proclaiming something. What am I proclaiming? I am proclaiming that I am the Lord that is abundant in goodness and truth. When you invoke the name of the Lord, you're invoking goodness and truth into your world. What are you invoking? The Lord said, I'm merciful and gracious and long-suffering. I'm abundant in goodness and truth I'm keeping mercy for thousands I'm forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin when you call on the name of God you're calling these attributes into your world we're not just throwing out a name it's connected to all the things that God himself has stated you need mercy invoke the name of the Lord and mercy will come you need graciousness invoke the name of the Lord and goodness praise God goodness is going to come truth is going to come mercy is going to come forgiveness of iniquity and transgression and sin is going to come God proclaimed his name in front of Moses praise God this is a theme that runs through scriptures of invoking the name of the Lord. Well, I'll tell you this right now. If Abraham is in on that, and Isaac is in on that, and Moses is in on that, and God himself is in on that, you better believe I want to be in on that. Well, I just don't want to speak the name. I don't want to invoke the name. Then you just sit there <laughs> and you dry up spiritually. But when you invoke the name, mercy's coming. When you invoke the name, goodness is coming. When you invoke the name, truth is coming. What do you want, error? No, I want truth in the inward parts. I want the goodness of God to reign in my heart and life. Praise God, I don't have any problem lifting up my voice and invoking his name. Praise God, that's pretty good company there to be in, to be in. Elijah confronts the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel with a challenge that includes this calling on the name of the Lord. And he says, you call on the name of your gods, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. A juxtaposition. You can have Lamech's way. You can have the prophets of Baal's way. Or you can have God's way. He said, you call on the name of your God. I'll call on, on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. It is well spoken. They invoked the name of Baal. They jumped on the altar. They cut themselves, nothing happened. Listen, the idolatry of the world, you can invoke their names. You can think they're, they're great and, and worthy of accolades and everything else. And, and that they'll be there for you. I'm telling you, they won't be there for you. They're interested in what you can give them in terms of a fan base and adoration. But they can't do anything for your soul. And they're not going to be there when you're going through tough times. But I know a God that is faithful to you during the tough times. 
and is faithful to the salvation of your soul. Why would I scream to the world and be silent when it comes to God? No, I'm going to be a person that speaks loudly and invokes the name that's above every name. I want your presence in my midst, Lord. I want your goodness here. I want your faithfulness here. Praise God. Nothing happened. Their proclamation and their action was ignored. Proclamation and action. Their invocation and their action produced nothing. Psalm 116, verse 17. I will offer to thee sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to offer a sacrifice, and I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to proclaim, and at the same time, I'm going to put some things into action. You're not going to get anywhere if you don't put things in action. There has to be an action. Worshiping God is proclaiming and speaking and also doing at the same time. Let me tell you something. I'm sick and tired of the world worshiping their gods like maniacs. We come into the house of God and wonder what in the world's going on and why people are so excited and what are we doing. I'm convinced that we need to get a boldness within us that said, hey, if they can go to a club and party all night long, when we come to the house of God, it's a celebration of God's goodness and God's greatness. Hallelujah. I'm going to wake up in the morning with peace of mind, too. I'm going to remember where I came. I came to the house of God. I'm not going to forget some stuff. I'm going to have a good time in the house of God, proclaiming the good name of the Lord. Proclamation and action. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse number 9. The scriptures are littered with this theme. When Israel abandons their calling and there is disunity in their midst, Zephaniah writes, and this is what is stated, for then will I turn to the people a pure language that they may all call upon the name of the Lord to serve him with one consent, proclamation and action. The psalmist said in 116.4, Then called I upon the name of the Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Who's going to deliver your soul? Who's going to save you from the torments of hell and spiritual attacks on your salvation and your soul and your spirit? Who's going to deliver you when the hounds come calling. I'll tell you who's going to deliver you when you invoke the name that's above every name. Psalm 50 and verse 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. This cry of proclamation, this calling on the name of the Lord, it is a simple invocation. It is a cry for help. It is a full-fledged worship. When you're in trouble, you need to call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. When you're going to worship, you need to invoke the name of the Lord. Joel in chapter 2 and verse 32 against that terrible day of judgment that was coming. He said, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. And the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall 
call. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Praise God. The Old Testament is, is rife with individuals calling on the name of the Lord. It's not an accident. And it's not an accident that I'm preaching to you here tonight that we should be a people who are called by his name, that we should call on the name of the Lord no matter what is going on in our life. It could be good times, call on the name of the Lord. It could be troublesome times, call on the name of the Lord. Why? Because the name of the Lord needs to be in my life everywhere I go and everything that I do. Praise God. Let's do that right now. Why don't we call on the name of the Lord? Hallelujah. I'm going to speak in Jesus' name. I'm going to proclaim. Praise God. Praise God. It is no accident then that in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 15, when the upper room constituents spill out into the streets and people are looking in wonderment as people are speaking in tongues that Peter steps up on the day of Pentecost and he says, these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. Now, watch, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's a big day of judgment coming, but if you call on the name of the Lord, you can be saved. Now, it's going to take something on your part. You're actually going to have to speak it out. You're going to have to actually say it. You're not going to get anywhere just standing there with tears running down your face and nothing coming out of your mouth. It's got to come from your heart that says, I recognize there's a judgment coming. Consequences have produced judgment and it's coming. There's a great day of judgment. I recognize my soul is significant and important and in order for me to be saved, I'm going to speak the name. I'm going to invoke the name because the word has said when I do that, there's salvation that comes. Praise God. When you call on the name of the Lord, new things start happening. Things start coming together. Praise God. I said things start coming together. The church continues to call on the name of the Lord. In Acts chapter 22 and verse number 16, I'm heading quickly to a conclusion here tonight. Paul, in his testimony to a crowd, he has a testimony. He said, Ananias instructed me. In chapter 22 and verse number 16, he said, Ananias said to me, and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. 
calling on the name of the Lord. You need to be baptized and there needs to be a calling of the name of the Lord called over you because it's the name that's above every name. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Call that name and when you call that name, sins are washed away. Sins are remitted. Sins are removed and makes opportunity for the Holy Ghost to come in. Praise God. Anybody thankful tonight that when you were baptized in Jesus' name, your sins were washed away? They're not retained, but they're removed. You don't have to sit there and worry about who's looking over your shoulder and the weight of sin upon you because when you were baptized in Jesus' name and the name of Jesus was called over you, there was a power connected to the name and the power connected to the name impacted you and your soul. means invoking the name. Paul didn't stop that practice. Paul continued to invoke the name. And in Corinthians, as we all stand together in this place tonight, and the musicians come, Paul continued the practice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 2, he said, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place, every place, what does it say? Every place with all, Paul's not just saying the Corinthians, he's saying with all that in every place, that means in Corinth, outside of Corinth, in Jerusalem, outside of Jerusalem, in Samaria, outside of Samaria, that means in the entire world, we join together with all who do what? Call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Both theirs and ours. Meaning that it is the responsibility of the church to keep calling on the name. To keep worshiping in the name. To keep praying in the name. To keep magnifying God in the name. Somebody lift up your hands and say, I'm going to call the name. I'm going to speak the name. I'm going to invoke the name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, it's early. We've got some time. Somebody lift up your voice and call the name that's above every name. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The answer to our dilemma of the fall and our corruption is to call on the name of the Lord. You can have Lamech's way or you can have God's way. I don't want Lamech's way. I've seen Lamech's way. I've seen the destruction, the, the dysfunction, the sin. I've seen the pain, the anguish, and the suffering. I don't want Lamech's way. I want God's way. They are opposites. The most natural thing to do in the garden was to run to God and run alongside God. But after the fall, the natural thing was to run away from God. Calling on the name of the Lord is running back to him so that he walks with us wherever we are. I'm not running away from God. I'm running to God. 
Praise God, I'm not fleeing his presence. I'm running to his presence. Praise God, this is the core of worship. It is the essence of what we do when we go to God in the midst of life. I invoke the name. I'm calling God into my life, every area of my life. Praise God. You don't concentrate on God and leave life behind. You call God into your life. You invoke the name that's above every name every day into your life. Wake up in the morning, step out of the bed and say, in Jesus' name, today I'm calling your presence into my life. Yeah, but there's turmoil, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. That's exactly why you need to call the name of the Lord into the midst of that. Well, it's a pretty good day today. Then celebrate in the midst of that. Invoke his name and call his name in the midst of that. decisions to make invoke the name of the Lord there's things in your world you're troubled with invoke the name of the Lord you need healing in your body invoke the name of the Lord you need somebody to touch your mind invoke the name of the Lord your emotions out of whack and up and down invoke the name of the Lord praise God praise God Praise God. The main reason people do not worship God is because they're impressed with other things. And so they're distracted. And instead of invoking the name of the Lord, they're invoking other presences in their life. These are things that are Lamex ways. They'll only pull you down. They won't lift you up. But if you can get over here and you can invoke the name of the Lord. God, help me. Give me away from the distractions of the world and help me see how great you are. Praise God. I want to see you high and lifted up and your train filling the temple. I want the things of the world to be reduced in my mind and the things of God to be elevated. I want to praise you like it's the last opportunity to praise you. I want to see your greatness and the miracles and the abilities of God that supersede anything else that the world tries to influence with my life. Praise God, when you are impacted by the presence of the Holy Ghost in the midst of real life, worship springs forth. Praise God, a blind Bartimaeus starts calling on the name of the Lord and he leaves his beggar's coat behind. And he walks away no longer blind, but now he sees. Because when you call on the name of the Lord, vision comes. Praise God, vision comes. Woman with an issue of blood, she's had it for 12 years. She spent everything that she's had on physicians, and she's not better. Praise God. But she makes her way through the crowd, and she calls on the name of the Lord. If I can just but touch the hem of your garment. Samaritan woman standing at the well realizes that this is this is this is not just another teacher but this is somebody that told me everything that I've done wrong and she calls on the name of the Lord worship breaks forth she goes home and she testifies about a man that is able to wash and cleanse praise God in the house of God tonight for a few moments 
You need to bring your situation right up here as close as you can. And you need to invoke the name of the Lord. God, I want you right here, right here in the midst of where I am. Hallelujah, I want your presence to be right here in the midst of decisions I'm making, circumstances I'm facing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Come on, speak the name of Jesus over whatever it is. I'm speaking it over doubt and unbelief and confusion. I'm speaking the name of the Lord. I'm invoking his name. Praise God. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice and magnify Thank you, Lord. Thank Speak you, Lord. the name, the name above all other names. 